0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman woo, here with you on a Thursday morning. We are very glad to be with you again. We, you know, I know we we were glad to be back yesterday because we had been gone for an extended period. We really but only missed two shows. People would act like that's a year. You know what I found out today, by the way? My daughter's doing some sort of science project. One day on Venus is the equivalent to 243 Earth days. I don't understand how that works, but okay. The planet must turn incredibly slowly. Yeah. Uh, Blew my mind. I was like, so if you woke up on January 1st on Venus, stayed there until midnight, and then flew back to Earth, it would be like the middle of September. There's your science uh, for the day here on Thunder and Lightning. It blew my mind. I was like, she read, she was reading her little thing, and I was like, that can't be right. So I looked it up, and it's right. Well, just think about, I mean, what's
1: think about, like, I, I don't know, Saturn and how long its year has to be oh, to go yeah.
0: completely around the sun. Yeah, that, but that, that makes sense, though, because it's further away from the sun, right? It's got a longer orbit. Venus is a smaller planet than Earth, and it's clo- why, is it not, why is it spinning so slowly? I don't understand. I don't, yeah. Well, though, that's why we brought Neil deGrasse Tyson here onto the show. <laughs> He's going to explain it to us. I'm
1: speechless. I, I don't have an answer. Yeah. That's the, we could get Bill Nye, the science guy, on here. When, when
0: he day. would join us, I think. I would love to have that guy on. He would tell us a lot of interesting stuff. I have a question for you. We'll All get right. to the, the normal stuff we talk about here. But uh, I had a rumblings question from a friend. Our friend Alex Watson, who has yeah, been so kind yeah. to us in the past. And I didn't know the answer. It is a sports question. I didn't know the answer. Honestly, if you know, you're more of a baseball guy you might know. Why is it called the bullpen? Uh, I, I don't know you the
1: You don't know? We're going to gonna
0: have to look that up then for the next I don't know when we're doing the rumblings again. I guess we'll just get back on schedule for next week. Yeah. Got to answer that question. All right. want to thank everybody for listening at supertalk.fm. There's your science for the day. Don't say you didn't learn anything.
1: And I guarantee uh, you now there there's somebody that was listening just now mm-hmm. that
0: immediately went to Google and Google bullpen. Probably to, so. We'll we'll get some tweets about it. Yeah. Uh, well thanks for listening at Supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate all our listeners, especially the servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We appreciate our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Turner's Ice Cream. Yesterday was Stranger Appreciation Day. Hopefully you took advantage of that. But if you didn't, you can always get you're always appreciated when you go to Strange Brew Coffeehouse. Either one of their two locations here in Starville, or of course their Brupolo location there in Tupelo to serve you. We're still waiting on Tuscabruzla, Broomingham, Brulana. Bruver. Bruver. Uh, we, we need we need at least two more. Brewston? Brewston, Texas. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be good. And uh Brumaha. You could use a Brumaha come come June. That's that's hard work. You know, that's, there's a lot of work involved up there.
1: Yeah. Um that said, if that's not going to happen, Shane, if uh, you'd like to send some, you know me, I'm always pitching free coffee. If you want to send some with us, that's what we should be do. Be glad we to should take we should, it with me. He
0: should get he should, he should, next next year when we do all those periscopes and everything up there. He could sponsor all that product placement, and we'll have some product placement. Absolutely. That you know what that is? A million dollar, million dollar our idea. idea. <laughs> check that out. All right. Also, check out our friends over at College Corner. You can either one of their two locations. Down there in the Jackson area, uh, they are in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or in Flowwood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com and you can check out their incredible selection of MSU merchandise as we keep getting closer to opening day. You want that new M over S logo on your head, on your chest, maybe on your shoes, maybe on the back of your car. I don't know, but I do know that if you go to College Corner, you're going to find exactly what it is you're looking for. Also, this Valentine's Day is coming up. Valentine's Day is opening day. You want to go to the game. You don't want your wife to be angry with you. What do you do? You get her something from collegecornerstore.com. dot com. Yeah. You go to College Corner and you get her one of those new those new you know hoodies or something that she's been wanting. It's a win win, my friends. Yeah, or,
1: or also you could just go ahead and get your stuff, get it on, and that gives you time
0: mm-hmm.
1: to have like a Valentine's Day early supper before the game, kind of deal.
0: Joel, brilliant what that was good job
1: i mean i hadn't been married for almost 11 years for nothing
0: for I mean, nothing yeah you, you it's learn it's you, you
1: learn point. a trick or two
0: so all right good show today we're gonna talk a little basketball we're talking about ben hallen in the second half of the show i think he's i think he's misunderstood we'll talk about that i think you're misunderstood no people understand me perfectly <laughs> like that guy's a jerk he's a terrible person. but you're our jerk i i i took over from wallen basically <laughs> When Mullen left, I became the uh, the resident uh, the resident jerk resident you know whatever that word. Then I don't I don't want to use my words right now. Um, but we're gonna talk football here at the start. And reading the tea leaves over there at twenty four seven and around you know the KJ Costello thing, I think it's you know it's a little more up in the air than we thought it was going to be at this point. Mike Leach is supposed to be meeting uh, with KJ Costello and family uh, tonight. My guess is we will have a feel for how that's going to go. I think he'll either commit. Thursday night, when Mike Leach is there, or it'll be a a parting of the ways. Uh, The name Peyton Ramsey has come up a couple of times. He's transferring from Indiana. The name Anthony Brown has come up a couple of times, transferring from Boston College. It seems that Mike Leach is not just set on getting a particular grad transfer. He's just set on getting one. He, he, He wants to add some competition to the quarterback room.
1: Does he want to add competition, or does he not like
0: what he sees? Well, are those sort of those can be sort of hand in hand. Yeah, I think I think you want competition regardless. But when you're going out and trying to add guys, it's obvious that you're not satisfied with what you have. Yeah, you know, and that would be true at any position. He goes and adds wide receivers, safeties, tight ends, kickers. It doesn't matter. You, you you're looking to add to what you have. But my question to you is just this, Joel. Eventually, there there reaches a point where you're like, okay, the guys that are still available for transfer aren't as good as what you have. Here in when's, when's the point for you where you just say, I'm going to roll with Schrader, Thompson, Maiden, Rogers, and see where it takes us?
1: Well, I mean, these guys are the ones that do the evaluations, but there's going to come a point in this process, if you keep kicking the tires on everybody, where I don't know what the level of guy is, but there's going to be a guy somewhere that if, it's almost like if we're getting this guy, we're getting a guy just to get a guy. I, I don't know where that line is. You know, KJ Costello's not that line. I think he's better than anything he got. Right. Um, I don't know much about the guy from Indiana, to be honest with you. But I've heard, you know, his name's been out there too. And if the Indiana pipeline has proven us anything from Mackenzie Salmon to Ben Portnoy to, you know, Chris Lamonis, all the Indiana Courtney guys. Rob, don't leave Robbins. Courtney That's Courtney Rob, Rob, right. Uh, apparently, there's some kind of like super highway between Indiana and Starkville, so so maybe he's the favorite here, and we just don't realize. It. Yeah. Um. But no, there's going to come a guy, and I don't know who it is. Where you're like, if I'm getting him, I'm just getting a guy to get a guy. Yeah. And, and to me, that's where you say, well, just just roll what you got. If yeah. You're just
0: at that point, you're better off trying to if you've got an extra scholarship, trying to you know better the circumstances of, of the quarterbacks. And what I mean by that is. Maybe now it's time to go use that on a wide receiver, on another offensive lineman, a a, a a running back, you know, somebody that can help the quarterbacks you have because you just you, it, I get what is it called the, the law of diminishing returns at some point where it's just you you're right you're just getting a guy to get a guy now I, I also agree with you that KJ, KJ Costello is not in that group I don't think Peyton Ramsey is either, the kid from Boston College I feel is just getting a guy to get a guy. I don't know how much I buy into him being th- that much better than Garrett Schrader. <sighs> Schrader was a 58% passer last year. As a true freshman, battling injury, with a less than ideal situation at wide receiver, I think the ceiling is high for him. He can be that accurate passer. And, and something you've got to remember, too, with whether it's Garrett or whether it's Keaton,
1: mm-hmm. just anybody that's still on the roster this, I hate to use the phrase that I'm about to use, but Mike Leach's offensive air raid system is dumbed down. Is that? I mean, that's a that's the wrong well, way to say it. It's it's simplistic. It's, yes, there you go. Whereas Joe Moorhead's system, you can use any word that you want to use to describe it, and maybe it's because you and I and the media are idiots. As long as you use three of them, that's part of
0: it. If you have to use three words. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what three words it is. Okay. I'm just saying.
1: Well, anyway, uh, simplistic is not a term I would use to describe the Joe Moorhead no, offense. No. So you, you're going to have a lot of things working for you if you stick with somebody on the roster. You, you're going to have a, a simplistic system, mm-hmm. and and you're going to have. Yeah, I guess you pretty much have the same wide receiver core, mm-hmm. but it is going to be you know four or five wide all the time. I mean, it's going to be a different system where there's not all this thinking and looking at the give read and the pitch read and all the stuff that we learned back at Chalk Talk back in July from Joe Moorhead. I mean, there's just going to be less thinking and it's going to be yeah. more just get open and throw the ball to that guy. Yeah. And I I, I hate to say that it's going to be like backyard football, but it kind of is. There, there's
0: an element of that to this, though.
1: Yes. And, and so There's
0: an element of run to the fence and I'll throw it to you.
1: So... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is I just feel like Garrett Schrader was a 58% passer in the Moorhead system. Yeah, I feel like if you just make it a little more two hand touch football
0: in in the backyard for him, mm-hmm. that he could be even better. And especially in a system where you're spreading the field and you're forcing somebody, everybody to to respect all five receivers, that should also open up some running opportunities for him. Which is something like a leech quarterback has never really been. He has never had. I don't know that he's had a guy that you would even consider as a dual threat kind of guy. You know he's had pocket passers and and maybe that's what this is about. Maybe he's just like, I just don't feel comfortable with a guy whose instinct is going to be make a read and then run. I want a guy who's going to make two or three reads and then then consider it you know with Schrader, I think you know there's going to be a an element of all right a gone and not a B C gone, yeah. and and maybe that's what he's worried about. But I think Mike Leach has to trust his system a bit too. If we keep hearing it's so simplistic and it's easy to understand and it's easy to install, then go into the spring and let Garrett Schrader have a crack at it and see how it goes. I, I, I think Schrader is, I'm not saying he's too big to fail, but he is very talented. And I think he's smart enough to pick up what's going on here. And I have to think that if you're smart enough to, to understand the Joe Moorhead offense, then you're smart enough to understand the Mike Leach offense.
1: Is it safe to say it's probably not a matter of understanding it so much as do you trust the accuracy of the arm?
0: I think there's something to that, yeah. But I mean, if you're throwing, if you're throwing a, a lot more short passes, the, the the accuracy should be there.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing with the leech offense. It's not like you're throwing sixty yard. Yeah, you know, go,
0: I mean, but, go routes. And those options are there. There's, yeah. there's vertical routes there. Yeah, but for the most part, you're trying. From what I can gather of this system and, and what I've I've watched and I've watched some old Texas Tech and some old Washington State in the past month or so. It's more about yards after the catch than anything else. It's more about finding a guy who's open quickly and letting him, you know, you you you're, the, the old saying is sort of true. You're using the passing game like the running game. Yeah. You know, those long passes, those quick quick hitters become your screens. They become your I'm sorry, your sweeps. They become your your off tackle plays. You just throw a quick quick and the guy runs four or five yards. And then, of course, you know, you're gonna have some plays where you break tackles and they turn into big plays. So for me, Schrader is fully capable of running this offense, I think. But I, I understand why at the same time Mike Leach would want to go out and get a guy he feels a little bit more comfortable with. And the other thing to remember is this, and we, we had this discussion last year with Keaton Thompson, is that you can redshirt Schrader. And maybe that's the plan here. Maybe that's maybe we're maybe we're sort of missing the forest for the trees here. Maybe it's like, look, Schrader could go out and do this, but I have I, you got to get a handle in your quarterback room at some point. You need to redshirt Schrader and Rodgers this year. You really need to do that. So that's why you go out and you get a grad transfer who can take the snaps this year, let Schrader have his four games, and he comes back next year as the starter. And then you have Rodgers behind him. But for, maybe maybe that's what, what we're missing in all this. That This is just... It's not a stopgap because yeah. you know you want to win. It's not like you're just doing this to just to get through the season. I mean, if you bring in a KJ Costello, you're going to be in pretty good shape to win some ball games. But maybe this is, you know maybe we're looking maybe we're not looking long term enough into this this short term decision. Well,
1: if you think Garrett Schrader is the guy beyond this year, let, let's say you're you're right. Let's say that the plan is to bring somebody in, redshirt Schrader a year, and kind of reset things. If your plan is to go to Schrader anyway, would there not be some positive in just handing him the reins this year and letting him learn on the fly? So that, you know, the the following year, I mean he's had a year in in both practice I mean, and game prep and everything to But he'll have that anyway, and he can still play
0: in four games.
1: That's true. That's true. I forget yeah. the I forget the new the shirt retro rule and allows him
0: to do that. So I don't know. I don't know. And of course, all this could end up being moot. You know, we could end up that Mike Leach goes to uh, KJ Costello's house and he makes the, the commitment, and, and then that's that. Has and he already made his Washington visit? I believe that's correct. I believe he, he was there earlier in the week. So
1: he did not commit? No. Well, that I mean, that, that bodes at least okay for State if he went yeah. to
0: Washington and didn't commit either. It feels like he's taking full advantage of, of the time frame that he has, that he knows that this isn't like a, a high school kid who has to sign on the sixth. He's got plenty of time to make his decision. He's looking at all possible options. He's looking at everything from every angle, and and that I, you can't I can't fault him for that. You know that's what I wish more people would do. It, it drives me crazy to see a guy get you know make one visit, and I'm committed, and then you know a few weeks later, oh well, I went into it too quickly. Well, no crap, you went into it too quickly. I mean, this is a huge decision. Yeah, it's, and it's especially for high school, it's one thing when you're just KJ Costello, and look, you're really making a decision for where you're going to spend the next eight months, and then you move on. Somebody who's talking about four or five years of their life, put some thought into the decision. I I never understand early commitments. Yeah, and and God, kids who commit as sophomores, I, I never get it. You know, go on, take your visits, and, and talk to people, and do stuff. You know, if I could, if I could have any piece of advice to these kids, not that I was ever recruited, but take full advantage of the process. You know. Wonder how disheartening that it that would be. Let's say
1: Mike Leach shows up at KJ Costello's house tomorrow, tells some off the wall pirate story, and KJ commits. Right. Um, how demotivating, I guess, is that to for like Garrett and Keaton or whoever's sticking around I, in the spring to be like, we're out here for nothing because the starter's coming in in, in June, July.
0: Like I, I don't think it's demotivating for Schrader or Rogers, but for Thompson and Maiden, it would be. It would be that there's, there's no, especially for Thompson. There's
1: no point in sticking around.
0: At that, at, if, if State gets a grad transfer quarterback, Keaton Thompson needs to ask himself, am I willing to trade, change positions or do I just want to go? Because the only way you're getting on the field is making one of those two decisions. You're not going to play quarterback in Mississippi State. That dream is over. You need to either say, I can move to receiver or I can go to a different school. Those are your only two options. If if Costello comes in now, if he doesn't come in, wide open. At that it's point. it's it has to be considered wide open at that point. Then nobody, you know, anybody's game. Even Rogers could end up being the starter, which would be something to. I don't think he's ready to do that, but you never know. Could the kid from Indiana enroll quicker than KJ could? Don't, don't know I don't the know. answer to that. I don't know. Either. Don't know the answer to that. So we'll find out. But like I said, we should know something. Imagine by the end of the week, by the time we get to Friday. I mean, you say that, but like you said,
1: with KJ, I don't guess there's any humongous rush. I, I would rush. think
0: that if he was going to commit, that he would commit. he would commit to Mike Leach when he visits his home. I can't imagine making the coach come all the way out to California, visit with you, and then him leave with no answer yeah. one way or the other.
1: I guess Leach isn't going to be a ring the bell or hashtag whatever guy. Or whatever.
0: I'm fascinated to see what his recruiting, uh, because uh, there'll be something.
1: I mean, he's had a commit since he's been here, and he had not done anything, has he?
0: What, the, the the kicker? I mean, that kid was like a preferred walk-on. He's not a uh, a scholarship guy. Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, it, I, we haven't had like a, an actual real commitment, so there'll be something. I, I hope it's, you know what I hope it's not? What? Pirate-related. Yeah. We're getting a little overboard with the pirate stuff, all right? He, he likes pirates. You know, Joe Moorhead liked... Uh, NCAA football 14. He liked the Steelers. I, I was waving a terrible towel, you know. Dan Mullen liked pizza. We, you know, we didn't have to do a whole lot of pizza stuff for him. Let's just, let's just let this man live. The pirate stuff's getting a little, it's getting a little uh, too much, in my opinion. I don't, I don't want to hear, you know, hoist the sail when, when when there's a new commitment. All right, I don't want to hear walk the plank or anything like that. It's just, let's just move on with our lives. Ahoy matey, <laughs> something like that.
1: That sounded like Australian or
0: something. Ahoy matey, yeah, I did. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk about a different coach. Let's talk about uh, Ben Hallen. One of the things I keep seeing, or I've seen a lot of, about Ben Hallen, it talks about him being. It almost feels like people think he's just sort of, you know, sitting on the sitting on the sideline, sort of watching the game. And, and I, I don't feel like people give him credit. And I, I get why some of that is because in his press conferences, he is—he's very mellow and laid back. He's not pointing fingers at anybody. He's the, to my knowledge, there's never been any kind of run-in with us. Uh, since since we've been covering him, there's never been a day where he was like, I don't like what's happening here, and pointed at it, you know, Joel or me or. or He's anyone. never
1: yelled at me. Yeah, can, none of us. I mean, have been maybe, maybe that at. means we're not doing our jobs good enough. I, I had somebody once say that, you know, if you're doing, if you're a reporter and the they don't get mad at you, that you're not doing your job. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because I don't like making
0: people incredibly mad at me. But anyway, Ben Howland's never been mad at me that I know of. Same here. So. I get where you know when you, when you see him talking to us, he's he's very relaxed, very chill. And but it seems like people think that carries over into his game preparation. I th- I don't agree with that, and I feel like it's 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 a misnomer. I feel like it's a misconception about Ben Hallen. I think Ben Hallen is is plenty intense. You know, I, if you watch him during the game, he's constantly pacing and moving and talking. Why do you think he has this this reputation of being sort of lackadaisical, for lack of a better word?
1: Well, because he's not Frank Martin out right. there. And and, and, and you know, a lot of people want the coach to coach their team the way they watch the game. You know, you, you and I have the distinct pleasure of having some of the best seats to watch SEC basketball in the country where, mm-hmm. we, where we sit at the hump. Right. And – God bless all of you fans. Many of you may currently be listening to this show right now, but we get to hear some quite humorous things mm-hmm. throughout the course of our basketball watching from the from the folks that sit behind us. Yeah, um, and it's not just tho- those folks, but uh, folks all around. A lot of folks get into it. You got the AD sitting courtside, John Cohen down there. You know, I hadn't ha- had any uh, hadn't had the phone running to record any Cohen Cam moments this year, but there's been some. And, and he's very animated. He was animated when he coached. That's who John Cohen is. Ben Howland is just not an overly animated guy. You can be just as driven as Frank Martin or John Cohen or you know Joe Blow sitting in the cheap seats and just not show it as much. And, and I think Ben Howland is one of those guys. I mean, he is... First off, you're talking about a guy that coached teams to three Final Fours and he's done it all, seen it all. Um, he's a guy that just his emotions are a little more even keeled, at least externally. And uh, but you're right. I mean, in conversations with him, no, he's not a jump, hop, yell, scream kind of coach. But I don't know that that necessarily means he's not driven. Yeah. I. I, I mean, look at his
0: resume. I mean, it's still pretty darn good. And I I feel like his team plays with intensity. Weatherspoon plays a lot of a, a lot of fire. Perry you know, Perry there are times where Perry is a little bit chill but i mean if you if you again going back to if you listen to him when he talks to us i feel like he's very he's he's just a chill guy same with Woodard a little bit but those guys play hard so just for me i i, I don't know i just i feel like this is a big misconception i think it's people seeing sort of what they want to see especially when state is not playing well that I understand. Look, when State's not playing well, if you want to put it on Howland, that's fine. I, I, I would agree with that. You know. And, and to his credit, he puts it on himself a lot. A lot, yeah. And sometimes it, some it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I just forgot to do it. Well, how did that happen? <laughs> but if you're going to have a miss, if you're going to you know put something on the coach or whatever, have the correct conception about, it. have the correct you know view about it. I don't think Howland's intensity is his issue. I think that he's a plus recruiter. And I don't know, you know, as far as being a floor coach, I think he's probably not as good a floor coach as he is a recruiter. But he recruits enough talent to, to sort of carry him through that. And right now he's got his his guys doing what they need to be doing, which is playing tough defense and running their offense through their best player. They've done that in four of the last five games, and they've won four of the last five games. And they're in a position now, if you look at ESPN's, uh, I think it's called BPI, which is, you know, their, their probability index for winning games – State is only going to be underdog two more times this year on that. Kentucky and and Arkansas. Okay. And both of those are road games against top 30 net teams. State up to 41 in the net uh, as of yesterday's win over Florida. And even in both of those games, they, state has like a 35 to 40% chance of winning. Yeah. They're you know, they so if they just handle if state does with if those analytics hold up, you're going 9 and 2 in the last 11. I mean, you are me twenty two and eleven, is that right? Uh, uh twenty two and nine, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that now you're you're a four or five seed.
1: You're in really good shape. And it will continue the trend of Ben Howland at Mississippi State getting
0: better every year. Yeah. And he might take a step back next year because you're probably gonna lose Perry. And maybe Woodard. I think you're gonna lose Woodard. Everything is saying Woodard is gonna be more highly rated than, than Perry for the NBA draft. And I get that because Woodard is a more consistent shooter. And you know he 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 has he's he's just a fantastic athlete, but you might take a little step back next year. Although you're bringing in a top fifty nationally player, in Devion Smith, and you should still have. I mean, Nick Westman I don't know what's going to happen there. You'll have a do, you'll have uh, DJ and Molinar, DJ and Molinar, and you know who knows what's going to happen with Butts and King and and uh, Quentin Post and those guys. You got you know you you recruited them. They'll be second year on the program. So and I and I would imagine you know I would imagine next year you definitely see another grad transfer of some kind. But yeah, just for it's just some, two things have been bothering me lately that and people have, who the, 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 these videos that have come out with the uh, the strength coach and I understand I I know why those videos are happening because <laughs> people you know people at the athletic department they heard your cries but people people keep making re, going back to the. Uh, to Moorhead taking the kids to the water park, like every coach in the country doesn't do something like that. Yeah, Dan Mullen just take them bowling. There's a video on YouTube of him canceling practice to take the kids bowling. Yeah, nobody cared then. Nobody cared then because you're winning. Yeah. yeah, it just it drives me. It's like, oh, not go to the water park today. Well, I bet you they do go to a water park this. Uh, I bet they do something like that this this summer.
1: Guarantee if State does what the the BPI or whatever you were talking about mm-hmm. from ESPN, and they go nine and two down a stretch. Mm-hmm. I bet very few people will be, you know, going to message boards and social media to complain about Howland's demeanor. Probably, it's not. amazing how that works. When the more you
0: win, yeah, the less people care. Th- what you look com- they won't complain about it right up until you know he loses another 12-5 game. Yeah, and, you know. and then
1: all of a sudden he won't look as lively on the sidelines, and that'll be the reason why. Exactly. Uh, and, and the thing is, people just look for reasons as to why they're you're not as successful as they think you should be.
0: Right. And for them, it's and like this team. This team was underachieving until this recent streak. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, when they you know they they lost those three non-conference games, two, one of them I'll give them. You know, Villanova's top ten team, but two of those games were very winnable.
1: And I would also think that there are teams. I don't think he has one right now that he needs to do this. I think he's got very mature guys that he can just coach. I think there are teams sometimes that need a Frank Martin to get in their rear. I agree. And, and quite frankly, I think this past year's football team was one that probably could have used a coach You're to right. get in their rear a little more. You're right. And, and that's not a it just is what it is. So I, I get it, but I especially think with this year's basketball team, when you have guys – look, there are a lot of mature, grown-up guys on this basketball yeah. team. Woodard's a mature, grown-up dude. Mm-hmm. Tyson Carter. Um, you, you got Nick, who's a junior now. Yeah, um, a dude. Yeah, a, a dude's an older guy. Um, Perry is older beyond his years, yeah. too. I mean, you, you don't have a lot of guys where there's a lot of immaturity. Yeah. You know, there have been basketball teams that I've covered in the last five or six years where you just looked at it and you're like, oh, that guy's immature. That guy's immature. That guy's immature. Yeah. I don't know that there's a single guy on that roster right now. And, and I, granted, I'm not going to eat dinner with these guys every night. Maybe they, they do have some immature qualities. They're you know 18 to 22 year olds. I'm sure they do. But there isn't a single guy that I can point at and be like, yeah, there's a lot of immaturity in him. Yeah. There isn't a single guy. No, I agree with you. And, and with so you just you don't have to even, be even that,
0: a, even a freshman like Molinar. I mean, I'm talking about a guy who you know is from Panama. Lived in California. Just he's just different. Yeah, you know he he wasn't he's not like some coddled kid. He does not talk like a a freshman a freshman no, at, not all. at all. No, he he talks like a guy who's been in front of the media most of his life.
1: In all honesty, Iverson is one of he has already far surpassed a lot of the like even like seniors and things we've talked to the last mm-hmm. few years. I mean he he just he's, he's very, one he's of the most well
0: spoken, comfortable, very comfortable behind yeah. the microphone. Yeah.
1: So, so I don't know, I don't know. That's just some of my thoughts. It's just he doesn't have the team that he, I don't know that it's in his personality one, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the team that he needs to do that.
0: Right. And it, it looked like they needed a little bit of a motivation. Like I said, during that three game losing streak, they just weren't playing well. Yeah. But credit you have to credit when when you when you when you you know criticize you also have to credit when you criticize when when they're bad you got to credit when they're good. They lose three in a row. Criticize. They were bad. They were playing poorly. They were underachieving. They've won four out of five. Give credit, yeah. you know. That's, that's that's all it's about, for me anyway. You know, I, I I try to I try to do that. Now I don't know that I'm successful with it all the time, but I always try. Like if, if when you deserve when credit is due, I give credit. When, yeah. when criticism is due, I give criticism.
1: Absolutely. Like when you just listen to this podcast and you thought, man, that was a good show that Joel and Brian just did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're all about you going to the the iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and dropping that five star. Review because who doesn't want to pat on the back whenever you do a good job? That said, if we ever do a bad show, we still would like you to go give us a five, five star, star and
0: just rip us in the review. Exactly. There you go. So just give credit where it's due, give criticism where it's due. Live your life by those words, everything will be all right. Tomorrow's show, uh, I guess we'll look ahead to Mississippi State versus Tennessee. Maybe we'll have some KJ Costello news to wrap up uh, one way or the other on that. And, Talk about a few other things as well. Guys, have a great Thursday, and Joel and I'll be back with you on Friday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. A Super Talk, Mississippi Media Production.